will be asking a few questions on the newly released Jihadist Warrant Fighter Monitor to Rainier Bergema, who is an analyst at HSS and initiator of this monitor. Hello everyone, my name is Colleen Jans, strategic analyst with the Hague Center for Strategic Studies and your host. You're listening to a new episode of the HSS podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. Feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes and follow us on SoundCloud. You can find more about Renier and myself on our website, hss.nl, or via our Twitter handle, at hssnl. Hello, Renier. Thank you for coming. My pleasure. Last week, the Jihadist Foreign Fighter Monitor was released. For those unfamiliar with the monitor, could you tell us what it is about and what it can tell us? Of course. The uh, GIFMON is part of an earlier three-year study, together with Marion van Sun from the University of Rotterdam, on the Dutch contingent of jihadist foreign fighters that have been flocking to Syrian Iraq since the late 2012. Over the past five years, what you see is that the body of research on these people has grown significantly, but that the share of it, uh, the share of systematic quantitative research on who these men and women are seems to be lagging a bit. Uh, although existing quantitative studies have produced valuable insights, the unit of observation such studies are oftentimes selected out of necessity on the basis of availability without having sufficient guard for uh, represent- representativeness as well as the generalizability of the findings. So um, a strong evidence based understanding of the backgrounds of these men and women is crucial to identify trends and developments in foreign fighting as well as terrorism over time. All right, that's interesting. Could you um, say a little bit more? I don't know if you can share this with us, how you went about of creating this monitor, what was the uh, motivation or rationale behind it, but also how did you get the data? Uh, well, currently we're working with some other researchers to uh, include data of other contingents of foreign fighters, for example, Belgium and Switzerland, uh, to create somewhat of a comprehensive overview of the European contingent of foreign fighters. Uh, this would allow us to conduct comparative analysis on these different countries so we can sort of enhance our understanding of who these people are and to what extent these characteristics are particular for a given country. So how does the Dutch sample relate to the Belgian sample or what can we tell about the share of converts in Switzerland compared to the to the share of converts in the Netherlands? All right, so the monitor is in elaboration and still still building, but yeah, currently is. focusing on Dutch foreign fighters. and. Could you maybe elaborate a bit on what the main findings are for the monitor at this point? Yeah, of course. Um, the database allows us to take somewhat of an outside-in approach, which uh, offered us some interesting insights. I think, first of all, the data shows that throughout time, we can see different waves of, of fighters. Uh, the first wave occurred following the violent escalation of the protests in Syria in late 2012. Then we've witnessed a second wave occurring more or less after the chemical attacks in, in Ghouta, in the outskirts of Damascus. Uh, in the second half of 2013 and eventually we've seen the third wave started uh, starting following the proclamation of the caliphate in, in june 2014 and although this does not this does not necessarily allows us to make inferences of the motivations of an individual it does tell us that even with a relatively small sample like the netherlands there were different people with vastly different motivations for trying to share in iraq uh, if you look at example for the two if you look at the third group uh, they seem to have different ambitions than, than the first one. So within the sample you've looked at, what is one of the most interesting findings in terms of different groups you can identify? Um, what seems to be interesting is that the share of converts among foreign fighters, uh, especially in the Netherlands, seems to be relatively high. Uh, in the Dutch sample, about 13% is considered to uh, be a convert to Islam. Uh, 
And if you compare that to the share of converts in the, in the wider Dutch Muslim community, which is about 2%, uh, it seems the share among foreign fighters is about seven times as high as they were shared in the Dutch Muslim community. Uh, this group tends to have relatively little knowledge of Islam, which makes them more susceptible for extremist influences. Moreover, their, their piousness gives them some sort of status, uh, and the more loyal they are to the cause, the more respect they will gain among their fellow jihadi peers. Does the monitor also tell us something about the social context of the foreign fighters in the Netherlands? Yeah, we have the existing idea of teens radicalizing in their attic uh, in full isolation, but that's on the basis of this data, it seems rather unlikely. Uh, virtually all fighters in the sample are connected to fellow jihadi pairs portraying this in Iraq, and especially online. These, yeah, these networks were not merely virtual. Uh, oftentimes people had fellow jihadi fighters in their social circle, uh, like friends, family, so uh, the notion of radicalization in full isolation seems, seems rather unlikely, especially if you look at, at the data. So you've talked about the different waves of foreign fighters uh, leaving towards the caliphate. Um, currently there's a lot of talk and reporting about the so-called fall of the caliphate. Um, looking at the monitor and looking at the recent developments, um, what in your opinion or how does looking at the monitor, what does the future hold for us? Mm -hmm. I think on the basis of the available data, it's difficult to predict what will happen in the future. About 5,000 Western European fighters, about one-third has already returned. Uh, not a fair share has died uh, in conflict or will most likely die in the near future. Um, but yeah, more importantly, the fall of the caliphate will likely create an influx of returnees, of which some will definitely return to Western Europe. Uh, so it's one of the, that is one of the big challenges. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. I think that it's imperative that the European intelligence community will need to monitor these people, uh, even though I think that some of them will be happy that they made it back alive. But the uh, overburdened intelligence service will have a hard time to monitor, them, to monitor, monitor all of them, uh, in addition to the state homes that may pose a threat to our security. Uh, some of them may also return to another country and will, in the worst case, uh, disappear from our raiders, which emphasizes also the importance of, of intelligence sharing. In the past, we've seen nationals from other countries staging attacks abroad, uh, like we've seen in uh, the Jewish Museum uh, attack in Brussels in May 2014, as well as the November 2015 Paris attacks. Uh, in the end, our security will depend on, on the weakest link in the system. There's also some analysis that some of the fighters uh, that have fought in Syria and Iraq or are still fighting um, uh, might pop up some, at some other places in the world where uh, ISIS is getting a stronghold. Uh, what can you tell us about this? There's definitely a certain risk um, uh, that these fighters will move on to, to other jihadist conflict theaters. Uh, we've seen that in the past uh, from people fighting in Bosnia eventually ending up in Afghanistan and Iraq. Um, and then the same might happen today, that uh, jihadi foreign fighters will move on to, to uh, conflict zones in uh, the Philippines or in Yemen. So that's also why it's so crucial that we enhance our understanding of who these people are, so we can develop strategies that prevent them from joining conflicts, not only now, but also in the, in the future. All right, I think the monitor will definitely be a good contribution uh, to this. Um, thank you, Rania, for being with us. My pleasure. Uh, for further analysis, please take a look at the monitor and the study that uh, Renia has co-authored and if you'd like to hear more podcasts like this one follow us on our social media channels and uh, stay tuned for our next podcast episode.